1: Just visit audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to five hundred five hundred. That's audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to five hundred five hundred.
2: Well, welcome to the Nerdist Podcast, number six seventy eight. This episode, um, I would like to promote our San Diego Comic Con shows. Um, that if you go to funcomfortabletour.com, there are ticket links there. But I'm doing a fun comfortable stand up tour. The Friday night of Comic-Con at 8 p.m. And then Saturday uh, at 8 p.m. We're doing a live Nerdist podcast. And the show, if, if we get close to sold out on that soon, then we'll add a second show. Um, but the guest that we have for the first show is fucking rad. It's but I don't know rad. if we're allowed to announce it yet. But it's... Uh, it's uh, <clears throat> People
0: will want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's a
2: knight. Uh, it's not Shug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to disappoint your bubble there
3: <laughs> Although if we do a second show
2: <laughs> I mean I don't know <laughs> would it, would it, So that's uh, Go to
3: funcomfortabletour.com Kai what do you I got? I just got a, a, a nice lady Named Chase, Tracy Tomey who uh does cool art prints that she sells on Etsy, her Etsy pages and so it goes, like uh from Slaughterhouse5.Etsy.com. But she does prints for like Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, Twin Peaks, and they're all pretty cool. I was I've, I've, pretty I pretty stoked. I, I enjoy all of those things. You should you should get a, a fun print from a a lady who has cool uh with dealing with copyright things than selling them. All I am right. fascinated by that stuff on Etsy. Uh, what do you got, Katie?
0: Uh, I want to highlight an, a recent episode of Bizarre States. Oh, that, yes. Um, Jessica and Justin Andrew. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Bowser. Andrew Bowser. Yeah, and talk Jessica about Chor. all scary stuff. It, it scares me. It really does. Um, but they had Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead who made movies like Resolution and VHS. Uh-huh. They were recently on to talk about their next film that is based on the famed Oculist Alistair Crowley.
1: Oh,
3: really?
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. That sounds rad. Yeah. And producer Aristotle that said it was a great episode he said it was very interesting and that everyone should listen to it
3: fantastic thank you katie levine that sounds like too many words for aristotle
2: to say at one time
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is very quiet
2: did he just not go it was good you know katie was quiet when she first started working on the podcast and and now you know which and now she's she's she just as down. comfortable yeah it's good it's been fun to watch you open up yeah used to be very she's shy now
3: self-conscious like oh god i have opened up <laughs> shutting down
2: <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> I've ruined the experiment by acknowledging the experiment. (laughs) Uh, This episode is Timothy Simons, who is on Veep, Sundays at 10.30 on HBO, and obviously on HBO Go, HBO Now. But uh, Tim has been on uh, Talking Dead, he's been on At Midnight. He's a great damn guy, Kyle. He sure is. I liked having him on the podcast. Yeah. I wish he was here now. I kind of do too. Well, the listeners get to feel like he's here now.
3: Hi, I'm Tim Simon.
2: That's not
3: how he oh, sounds. Oh, mean because they're
2: going to listen to the episode. Yes. I, I
3: was, then I built this puppet for nothing.
2: Yeah, and you also stuffed it in a trash can because I could barely, you muffled your
3: well, ventriloquist Well, I was going to have him
2: pop out Jack in the Box style. I've done a lot of terrifying things with this puppet. See, this is why you just need to do things instead of explaining them to me. If you would let the Tim Simons puppet jump out of the trash can, then I would. we would have had a good time. I always forget show, not tell. Yeah, that's right. Show, not tell. Show, not tell. Here's episode number 678 with Timothy Simons.
3: Now entering Nerdist.com.
2: like a little spa day for the two of us i mean it's if it, you've been on a lot of stuff where you and i have done a lot of different done, things together
4: different things This is
2: fun. you did uh, talking dead and uh you've been on at midnight once be- once before once before and then we did something through at least through nerdist last year that football thing that fantasy football thing what
4: did ben wrote oh okay it was, it was some sort of like one just one of the daily things
2: That's great, Tim. It's almost like you're part of the family now. (laughs) You're a part of the family. Does that mean I get an office? No. No? I don't even have an office, really. I I do not have an office. Are you, well, I mean, physically, are you? Would you even be able to sit in it? No, I, you know, I, we got this, Nerdist got this really great new studio space in in Burbank. And it's like, we have sound stages Uh and we share office space. we have the lion's share of the space because we have the biggest staff, but we share the space with Felicia Day's Geek and Sundry channel and then Amy Poehler's Smart Girls channel because we're, oh, cool. we're all owned by Legendary, and so we're all kind of like sister channels. And, um, there's, uh, and we're, there, we just moved in a few months ago, and we're already running out of space. So I had said, like, I, want an o- I need an office. Like, I, it's my company. I need an yeah. office. Yeah. Uh, and. In the planning of it, I realized that I was gonna have to displace too many people for an office that I was never gonna be in. Yeah. Because I'm in at midnight most of the week. And yeah. I'm I'm at the nerdist office once a week and I'm I most of the stuff I do remotely. So I just I felt bad taking an office yeah, with people yeah, who yeah. actually need it. Uh but you know, you work in Washington. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a show. What? <laughs> you don't know. Work
4: for no, 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 Oh. yeah, no, it's weird. That's just like they just turn on cameras and like
2: it's a whole thing, they have scripts. <laughs> it's like it's a television show, you've seen television, so you're periscoping your entire experience in <laughs> Washington. <laughs> is that what's happening? That's what it is. It
4: happens live, too. Like we have to just be ready,
2: <laughs> we have to be ready. on
1: You Sunday. guys are
2: very funny live. I mean, it's <laughs> so good, it's so good. That's a beep is one of, I mean, got it. I. I hope people give Julie louis Dreyfus as much credit as she deserves because she's on thing after thing after thing, and they're always they're they're always great. And at a certain point, you just kind of got to go like, yeah, I think she's you know she she knows what's what. Yeah, I think at this point, I, I think I was, I was talking to somebody
4: about this the other day. I just think like. Like that's just like legendary, just legendary status at this point. Like, and I think she would bristle if I ever said that in her company. Of like, stop it, like, just shut up. Yeah. But like, she's not here right now. What if you say, Your Highness? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so she's, sorry. I'm so sorry. You are you are garbage. No, like, <laughs> the, I, I think that I mean it is like she's just done. Uh, she's just done this at such a high level uh, in so many different in different styles and for, for such a long amount of time uh, that I don't know. Like, I just... Like, we're talking now about, like, the conversation of the three best comedic actresses of all time. Yeah. I th- right?
2: I feel like that. Going back to SNL, yeah. Seinfeld, Old Christine, Veep, like, she just she just has these ep- these epic runs on yeah. things where yeah. she's... Uh, I don't know. You know, you, you see people and you meet people who are... You go, "Oh yeah, that person's funny, but you kind of feel like, oh they learned how to be funny, but she is someone who's just like she's just she's just a comedic entity." Yes. And she knows like it's one of the one of the really
4: fun things I like <laughs> I like and you'll see it sometimes there's like a thinking face on the show that she pulls out that comes out in rehearsal because she does like she does work super hard like she is one of those people like those rare people that like has a lot of talent works hard and is smart and you kind of hate <laughs> them for it <laughs> cuz most of the time you're like looking for two of those like man if i could just be talented and smart but lazy like i'd take it yeah but uh but she has like you know we'll be in rehearsal and she will not fucking rest until like it's not like a bad nothing's good enough it's just like what are we missing is there something else here like she just won't stop working on something in the good way like in the like oh it's it's never just like oh yeah that's fine whatever like let's just move on she's like is there something here and uh and she's really open to like we'll like since the first season and i i mean i was essentially out of nowhere with nowhere close to Without mean, even really a, like a television credit to my name. And she was completely open through the rehearsal process and on set of of like if I, I, I pitched bits to her and she'll be like, great, let's try it. You know, like she doesn't have to do that, but did
2: that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you when you find when you start finding some of the most successful people and particularly performers, it, you know, it's I don't know. It's, it's never an accident. And you hear a lot of those same stories like, well. They take wherever you're at and they try to go one step deeper, they go, What mm-hmm. else can we do? or what else can we try? And they take risks and they they, they they devote the time to it. And you know, people who don't, like, well, I mean, you know, you might you could it's not saying you couldn't have a hit show. No, no, no. But it's a difference between you know, it's a difference between having like um, you know, like a, like an according to Jim – Versus, and, and not that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I'm not saying, yeah, no, of course, yeah. But, you know, it, 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 that, it's not like that show really felt like, oh man, they're digging deep. <laughs> yeah. You know, versus a show that you just know is like really special, a show that people really talk about.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah and it, i mean like i i feel like that it just shows it just shows in in the finished product how and and she leads from the front on that i feel like it shows in the finished product how much how much of her stamp is on it
2: and yeah. how how have you grown in the past few seasons oh oh god that's a huge that's a huge question it is a huge question cuz you you said you you didn't really have much of a credit to your name no like film and
4: television wise i didn't have uh any really? I think my only film credit coming to Los Angeles was I was in Stranger Than Fiction, and this is such an LA thing. But I am, I feel like I may have recognized the writer of that movie by a tattoo on his wrist at a coffee shop the other day. But I didn't want to approach him with that.
2: Like, oh, you gotta! Uh, or you, I may be it. was gonna be
4: like the fuck away from me. What are you? But yeah, he out? may have been. But I was a I was the guitar store salesman in stranger than fiction which shot in chicago and it, the part that i had it got cut before it was shot so i got to like hang out on set and like talk to will ferrell but then by the time we got to like the actual dialogue that i had it there was no time left so um but yeah like i had been doing theater and stuff like that but going into this show like i didn't have uh I didn't have like any sort of like television credit like i had never been on a television show before uh But I think that there is – here's one thing that I feel like I have – I don't know if this is growth. Well, Okay, my life is very different from the day that I got cast on than it was from the day that I got cast before. Not only because of like the the show has been successful, um, but like my wife and I had kids. Twins, right? Yeah, we have twins. We have a boy and a girl, and they were born – in the basically, in the at the very end of filming of the first season. So, like, between those two things, between essentially my work life changing completely and my home life changing completely, there really isn't much that I can point to. Like, even my day to day schedule is completely changed. Like when I'm not working, like I get up very early now. Sure. You have two kids I that are two exactly kids. the same age. And like, now we're doing a thing where they have like a little turtle that puts some stars up on the ceiling. I think it's called the twilight turtle oh. and they think it's pretty, but in the morning they want to play with the turtle. And but so we have to play this whole thing where it's like, no, we put the turtle in the bed that we put a little shirt over it. It's the blanket. They kiss the turtle good night <laughs> in the morning. Anyway, that's a, That's a digression. But, uh, but yeah, like mo- one thing that I have, like it's been sort of great to realize this over the course of the last four years no matter who it is no matter who famous no matter what they've done they all think they're going to be found out as frauds and that <laughs> is it's, uh, certainly true of me yes. I have been waiting this entire time to be found out as a fraud and I'm sure it's coming and maybe this is the moment maybe we're going to find out talking to one another that Tim, this is the d- I'm oh, no please don't from the fraud no. council fuck, fuck and... me no <laughs>
2: no, <laughs> no god damn it Wait, what are you nervous about? I just came to say you're doing a great job. Oh, oh, good. Oh, god. <laughs> well, I thought you got. I, it. Maybe we should give it a second review. Um, oh, we'll, fuck. No, 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 no. Just close that file. Close uh, that right. file. All right. all right. I don't know why I still carry these physical files around, but I <laughs> yeah. guess it's just more intimidating as part of the fraud council. <laughs> uh,
4: but no, like that's been the thing. Like, it, like Tony Hale and I kind of have a lot of those like philosophical discussions about like what it's like to, like maybe be like have some measure of success sort of like later on like maybe maybe the best time to get famous is like 18 where you're like well adjusted enough that you won't just like go into a cocaine spiral oh i think that's the worst Um, is that the
2: worst yes you're fucking raging hormones (laughs) and 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 you know i I think there's a certain amount of beating down by life that you need to have to have enough humility i don't mean to you should be crushed by life yeah but But when you're 18, you know, you start toying with being a little cocky. Uh And if the rest of the world supports that, then you don't really learn how to be (laughs) as human. (laughs) Yeah. And, And so I think it's important to have that in check. I think it's much better to get that stuff later. Yeah. Because you've lived and you appreciate it, you know it doesn't mean everything, mm-hmm. you know that it can go away, and I think you just have a much healthier relationship to it than, you know, when you're 18, if all of a sudden you're just super famous. Just super
4: famous, but I wonder, there is a part of me that wonders, like, maybe, like, you know, Tony and I would have these, like, these big, like, these things of, like, well, how do you deal with that um like I, when I when I first when we first sat down, I would ask him. Like we went to like a Whole Foods. Tony really likes chain stores, and he's very open about that. He <laughs> likes malls, and he likes. I'm so likes glad chain he's stores. open about it. He, oh my god, he, nothing makes him happier than a cheesecake factory. <laughs> and so when we,
3: put, <laughs> I know it's fun.
4: <laughs> you should see him. Like he just like settled. He likes a sort of universal experience. I think that makes him comfortable. And so conversely, I I hate any experience that is different that is the same as one that i've had before mm-hmm. so um so we were going to get some lunch like right after it was announced that sort of like we were cast and he was like do you want to go out for some lunch and i i couldn't believe that it was happening that i might even have that opportunity because it was such a huge arrested fan and the only place that we could kind of like see eye to eye on was like the food court at the pasadena whole foods like <laughs> that was like the best we could do <laughs> so while we were there i was like such a nerd i was just such a nerd about it i was like so I think that guy recognized you like, like, I saw somebody recognize Tony Hale. And so we've had those conversations about like, what it feels like to be recognized in public. And then, like, then do you start looking to be recognized? And then like, at what point do you like kind of lean into it too much and start to expect it? And like, but I wonder if you get famous at 18, this is all to say, And I wonder if you get famous at 18, essentially like you don't ever have to have a philosophical discussion about being famous. You're just like, whatever, I'm fucking famous now. Like that's just the way it is.
2: Yeah. And I wonder which one's better. I just think when you're young and you don't really know much of any other way, because I I think your identity from zero to 14 Mm -hmm. Yeah, when you're 18 feels like, even though it's, you know, to, to you and I, like four years, it feels like, oh, it just, that just happened. Yeah. When you're 18, it feels like forever ago. Yeah. And I think your identity is a little bit splintered in that way. And so if you get super famous at 18, uh, there's a very there's a better than average chance that you're going to lose it all at some point <laughs> because it's <laughs> yeah. very difficult to maintain yeah. that, you know? Yeah. And especially if you're the fraud council comes the, for you pretty quick. The clipboards come out in full force <laughs> and the, 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 IRL folders are, uh, are colorful and, and collated. But wait, did
4: you just say IRL in real life, in real life? I did. You did. Yeah. I'm a cock. <laughs> For a second, I was trying to like—is there like I was trying to figure out if that was like a like like uh, like a some sort of like technical term for a folder, like for one of those Manila folders? Like, well, it's just—I
2: I just felt like I needed to make the distinction between you know, like a between a digital file tree and a, and, and an the actual, actual okay. file. Right. So, uh, but I'm sorry, I used text <laughs> for that. But uh, I was just talking fast, so I just—I don't know—I saved myself a millisecond. But um, uh, but I think. When you're older, and you know things are going very, let's say things are going very well for me right now. If it all went away, of course I'd be bummed because I like mm-hmm. what I do. But I've been I've been there before, and so at least I have some frame of reference. Like I I know I would survive. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. be okay. Yeah, uh, you know. But when you don't know anything else, uh, then I think it can be very. I mean, like then you start getting into questions of like. Who am I? Yeah. How do I exist? Yeah. What are my core? But like it, it really is. It really is an upheaval of your 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 core belief system and your and your your ego in the in the, the small e sense, like yeah. your, your your sense of self. So I think it's a complete and you don't and you don't know how to deal with the world as a grown up without that as part of your identity. It just sounds terrible to me.
4: Yeah, honestly, like as much as it was as awful as it was at the time, like. I mean, like, I'm sure coming up, like, you dealt with this, too. Like, this idea of just, like, kind of like this, like, the soft bottom of, like, like, just broke. Like, not, like, mm-hmm. like, when I was in Chicago, like, that thing of just, like, I'm fucking broke right yeah. now. Like, I have $2 to last me for the next seven days. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where, like, uh, there were times when I worked at a Starbucks at on Michigan Avenue. And there was one morning I woke up, and it was a pretty... F- it was a pretty uh, i mean i was living in edgewater at the time so like way north in chicago and i realized i didn't have enough money to get on the train to go to work oh no and i had to like i mean it's probably a five mile walk downtown and i was just like fuck it i gotta walk and then a couple weeks later i was at a friend's house and he was like my neighbors were male prostitutes and they got evicted and they left this bike and it didn't have pet- it didn't have pedals it just had like the <laughs> the like crank the, part the crank part yep. but like like the the metal sticks imagine just like two little metal sticks where the pedals had broken off around it and he was like, "Do you want this bike?" And it was way too small for me. Two of the gears worked, and like that was
2: then how I got to work. They were male prostitutes. They were, they were male so prostitutes. It didn't have a seat. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. Oh, come on, guys! What is the problem? Oh, 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 come on, what? Come on, what? <laughs> we're just having fun. That doesn't. I mean,
4: I found this out. I found this out that this was the game that they were running. It was go out to the bar, get somebody back to the front door. And then at that point, it was when they were like, "Oh, by the way, I do this for money." And at that point, the other person was just
2: like, "All
4: right, <laughs> I'm like that's that's kind of
2: a good, that's a good business plan. It is a good business plan. Yeah, yeah. it's 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 a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a Venus flytrap. Yeah,
4: exactly. Yeah. Um, I think they lost a lot of money in possessions, though. I mean, I ended up with the bike. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure that bike cost some money when they bought it, and then I ended up with it. But like that free bike, like let me save the dollar 75 on the train every single and like my god like like these mornings where like winter mornings going down like the lakeshore bike path with like a like a 20 mile an hour oh head in chicago in chicago like these nightmare scenarios and now if like i'm not kidding if my car seat is too hot i'm like fuck this, this is bullshit. <laughs> we get comfortable like, fast you get real comfortable real fast and and it is nice to have that basis of like no matter like no matter what is going wrong on any set i've ever been on i feel like i have maintained a pretty positive attitude cuz i'm like oh, it's better than a 20 mile an hour headwind on a prostitute's bike <laughs> <laughs>
3: i suppose I,
2: <laughs> I mean it it but you also know that you if it You also know that you survived that, yeah. So you know that if it, you know, and and the truth of the matter is, especially now that you have children, you'll never, and like you, you will fight to make sure that you guys are okay, no matter what you have to do. So you, you, you. I think you have uh, more survival skills then you know i mean not that it would be a fun and you know wonderful situation if you're right right right. well not working and now i gotta figure out what to do to you know to keep the kids alive you know but but if you had to do that you could access that
4: absolutely to that point i want to ask you a question yes when i think we're sort of generally around the same age when i think you may actually be very much younger than me
2: no i don't wait
4: how wait when were you born
2: I'll just tell you on microphone. Oh, okay. 71.
4: You were born in 71. Oh, okay. I was born in 78. Okay. So you and I kind of came up in this world in which selling out was the most disgusting thing you could ever do. And just sure. to that point about kids, I feel like there there is now a culture that selling out like yeah, fucking sell out. Like the kids there are 13 when I was like I would never fucking sell out. Like
2: Well, but the you know the interesting thing is like the definition of, you know, I think people broaden the definition of sellout to mm-hmm. just mean you got paid by a company to do something. And and to me, selling out is to take money to violate your ideals. That's what selling out is okay. to me. So if you are, you know, if you're if you're anti um, if, if you're kind of a meat is murder person, mm-hmm. but then you do a fast food chain commercial Right, that's selling out. Okay, because you believe that it's wrong, but you take money from your perceived evil to to benefit from to profit from that to profit from that. That that to me is selling out.
4: Do you think that people that are fifteen to twenty two feel that way?
2: Some of them do, but some of, them, of do. them don't. I mean, it, just because. You know, um, because we live in this kind of (laughs) technocracy, Mm -hmm. all that shit costs money. People need money. People see, you know, like when the fucking Kardashians are a role model and people are like, well, yeah, they're millionaires, you know, like and they'll seemingly uh, I don't know them seems like they'll do pretty much anything for money. It seems so. like I, yeah. I, when you kind of check all the boxes of like what they have done to get famous and for money, it's a lot of things where you're like, I don't know if I would do that, you know? And so I think that's a role model for people. And so they sort of feel like, yeah, get money, get famous, you know? So that idea, like as a culture, we've sort of sold out as a culture, you know?
4: Yeah, yeah, like yeah, culturally.
2: yeah. So that's why I think it feels like, that Maybe that's not there anymore because it's just the way the way people are now. But to me, the act of getting money to do something is just work.
4: It's just work. Um, yeah.
2: And you know, the idea of getting paid well means that you can make your family comfortable. You can yeah. provide for them. You can, especially with what we do, where. You don't know when you're going to have to squirrel away for a rainy day, yep. and save for a, a you know what could be a period of years where you're not working. Yeah. So if you have to take those opportunities, but I just but anything that violates your you know like what you believe is right in exchange for money, that's when it's like that's when it's hooker bike. Okay, you know what well, I mean? Like that 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 that's that's when that happens.
4: The reason I bring this up is because that thing about kids, like that thirteen and fourteen year old part of me that I almost feel like my definition was like if you take money for anything ever yeah like if you ever get paid to do the thing that you love to do that's this this is so dumb as i'm saying it out loud it's so dumb but i'm now at that point and i think that kids were a big part of that like so oh i will fucking absolutely sell out <laughs> are you offering me the chance or are we just talking about it philosophically because if you're offering me the chance i will take
2: i guarantee you 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 wouldn't sell out in the sense that, especially because you have kids that you care about, mm-hmm. if you were, let's say you're anti-gun in some you know chain store that sells guns, wanted to pay you a million dollars, on the one hand, you'd feel like, well, maybe I should have to do this because of my kids. But on the other hand, you would also probably feel like, philosophically for your kids, like, well, I can't take this money because I don't want them to see their father buckle to yeah. do something that violates something he believes in. Yeah. So I, I think... I think you would actually not sell out. I just think you would take a lot of money for something that you didn't have a a, a moral issue with. Morally, There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's nothing. I, but th- th- what you're talking about is like that punk, like that, punk like, rock, like that punk ideal. Yeah. Although you know, a lot of people's punk bands ended up making a lot of money. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. of, it's just sort of you know. I don't know. You know, I want to hear what Kyle has to say about this because Kyle is a consummate uh, punk music fan.
3: Is that like your thing? Yeah. Like okay. I, I grew up in DIY culture and sort of. Th- Stay to a lot of that. Uh, my feeling is, I, I definitely feel that same way. Like, and I struggled with it at times. Where I'm like, when I started to get paid for things that I wanted to do, I'm like, this feels so wrong. Yeah. What's a band that you loved that they started to get more famous? Did you well, feel betrayed? I, I think yes, but I also think that it often is bands who sort of shift sounds to something that sounds. You know, it's so hard because it's an artistic expression, so you're allowed to evolve in whatever way you want to. But there's definitely that paradigm of the band who then starts sounding poppier and you sort of feel like, oh, that's kind of a bummer. Like you guys sort of shifted away and then a bunch of people showed up because you created a more palatable sound. Would you want them to have the same sound forever? Because that's also a trap. Uh, Agree. I am a big fan of a band called Against Me who Mm -hmm. uh, were sort of the indie darlings for a long time and then signed with Sire Records back in like 2005-ish. And it was a huge thing. Like people were slashing their tires at their shows, like out of protest for them making money off of things. And they still made good music. And it was one of those things where you really watched how crazy it could be for people to all of a sudden instead of – to me, all of this comes down to like – the ideals you're doing to create an art. If you're just doing idealism for the sake of idealism, that seems like a redundant and sort of short-sighted way to approach something. And to me, like the whole point is that you're doing a system to make art. Like I found out last year that like Ian McKeyn Discord Records, I imagine you're familiar with. Uh-huh. Do you know he's worth like $25 million? Oh my gosh. Holy shit. Be- really? Yeah, they they Forbes did a whole article because he's kept, you know, he's run his own independent business that has had lots of successful bands off of it. For years and years and years. Like even in the book, Stephen Bush's American Hardcore, he talks about that in a weird way, like the hardcore movement in the 80s was kind of capitalism in leather jackets because it's all these kids yeah. starting labels and starting magazines and basically just starting their own businesses. And so to me, none of that is selling out. That's, to me, the better way to run a business. To me, the thing that's selling out is when you are letting people who are not part of what you're trying to make tell you the product that you should make to increase productivity. For the idea of just trying to expand it and, you know, into something because I feel like and it's interesting because we've come back to a boutique culture where everything's yeah. so niche now. And that's basically what the indie scene in music and in art and well, in that's another interesting definition. has yeah, basically too. done forever. So it's amazing to me watching how much of the Internet has brought that indie infrastructure to be the thing because the other version is not sustainable. It's not a business watering down stuff doesn't sustain long-term it's it's it's
2: uh fracking
3: it's showing up it's it's taking like locust everything you can and then leaving no sustainability well i'm curious manager.
2: tim what do you what do you what so in your mind what do you think would be you know like what what sort of selling out opportunity do you think you would be uh, that you would have to struggle with
4: you know i feel like the like the, the coming out of theater school I feel like now what you're talking about is this idea of like, and it even it started to kind of come into my head a couple of years ago. I was talking to a guy, um, when I was auditioning for a lot of commercials when I first got to L.A. He would, and I I took this advice and sort of applied it to myself. He would never audition for a far, even though he wasn't like a famous like a famous dude and he had a family, like he would never audition for pharmaceutical commercials. Cause he was like, I know a lot. I know that I'm auditioning for companies and to shill products, but just to sleep at night, I don't want to have to shill for big pharma. That's like, I know that it's like a grain of sand in a shitty world, but like, that's the one that I'm not going to try to mm-hmm. make money off of. And like, and so I feel like I ended up applying that to like Walmart just specifically Walmart. I, I just stopped auditioning for Walmart commercials. And I feel like it's like the guns thing uh, would be a huge one for me. Like, if all of a sudden I was like, well, this is like one of the biggest gun sellers in the entire world, and I'm going to, or if I specifically advertised for guns, like that would be a huge sellout for me. But theater school me was like, if you are like, like, like whatever theater cl- school cliche you want to put out there, that would be me. It would be like that thing of like, unless it's unless it's fucking meaningful unless it's like unless it just drives you to work 36 hours straight like then you're not ever going to do <laughs> it you know and like sometimes it's just like you know some shit
2: could just be fun yeah. <laughs> well that's the thing is that you want and and also you know Kyle to your definition um yeah i mean i guess if if the idea is that a a a larger uh financial body is saying you know here are your parameters with which you can work. I I guess I can see how someone go, well, that's selling out because you're getting paid and they're telling you what you get. But to me, I sort of, so maybe in that case, I'm a huge sellout, (laughs) but I also, but I also feel like, you know, sort of like with standup, it's, I don't feel like you shut up and listen to what I say. I'm going to say whatever I want. And if you don't like you go fuck yourself. Yeah. I'm just not that way as a person. Like everything I do, I feel like is a relationship and relationship you meet on common ground and there are compromises on both sides, you know? I mean, I don't think I don't I don't think I do whatever a company says like you got to do this. I go, well, here's what I like doing, here's what you like doing. Let's figure out if there's common ground. If there's not, we don't do it. Right. You know. And I think that's I think it's okay to form relationships and make compromises because that's just a part of being in a community, and that's just a part of what it's like to function as a society.
4: And it seems strange that you might not – like if somebody came into your office and was like uh, – I, <laughs> I know you gave it up, but uh, the the office, I mean. Yeah, I gave it uh, the office. They wouldn't come in now. If, uh, if somebody came into your office and was like – you know, I really like what you're doing here, but it's just not going in the right direction. Can we look at it like this? And you're like, "Fuck you, get out of here!" It just seems like, well, like that's
3: being an asshole. That's just being an asshole. <laughs> like, like you're like yeah. I, I
4: have I have definitely in my life artistically been caught in that trap of like I'm not going to listen to this because your 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 point is not valid because I'm not the one that made right. It. And it's like artistically been uh uh it has
2: had ill effects artistically. Sure, and, and and I do. And I don't begrudge anyone. I say like carve whatever path you want. If you want it to only be about exactly how you want things to be done, and everyone else can go fuck themselves so they don't agree with you, that is completely fine. Mm-hmm. You cannot then be surprised, <laughs> or you can't <laughs> exactly. you can't complain yeah. if you're like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not more people don't know, or I'm not further like, well. Yeah, but that's, you know, because in order to do that, you have to form a relationship and relationships are compromised. And if you don't want to do that, you don't have to, but then just be content with knowing that, you know, what, what you do is just going to be in a, in, in this, this bubble.
4: Do you remember? I I may be fucking butchering the story, but didn't Lenny Bruce do a thing? Like Lenny Bruce had like some amazing stand up stuff, and when he actually started getting involved in those, like in the legal matters, I feel like I, I read this somewhere that he would then just show up and do stand up sets that were nothing but him reading the text. There's
3: a whole special that's just that. Is it? Is it's, there? Yeah. Okay. It's kind of hard to watch because it's a guy who's just losing his mind.
4: Because he's losing his mind. And he is like, it, that, and that seems to be in that thing of like, don't be surprised when people are like, oh, I, I really enjoy your point of view and, and what you do for work, but you're literally just reading like some fucking lawyer shit that I don't want to be anywhere close to <laughs> so the thing of like, I do whatever I fucking want. And it's like, okay, well, there, there's nobody well, and here.
2: That, yeah. And that's, that's sort of, um, you know, that's 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 kind of like uh art for art's sake, but also kind of a fuck you, which yeah. maybe maybe is like maybe that's what real art I is. I think yeah. <laughs> the level of
3: maturity that comes with it too. Is that some people like compromise and all those things are important. And the more art you create, the more you learn to compromise the thing because you're not the only voice going yeah. and, and getting suggestions will make you better as an artist because it's how you grow. Yeah. And you watch people who won't do that and fold their hands up and are like, oh, I'm not changing my vision are also people who are super bitter when like you get better than them because they, uh, you have progressed and they're not willing to see anything but their own single mindset. And I do feel like you can, when people are
4: like that, and this might be like one of those like like meh, 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 things, but like I do feel like in a final product, you can feel that. You can if that is a part of the process that got you there, you can see it. Like there's something sort of like dissonant about the final product or off-putting somewhere in it, and not all the time, but sometimes in that case of like, I'm going to fold my hands, and we're just going to battle over this and we're going to get nowhere artistically, even if it's a good product. Have you guys ever seen that? Or do you guys ever feel that? Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Because it, you know, especially if your point of view is so immovable and and that if you're not connecting with people, then I feel like it's going to be difficult for people to connect with whatever the thing is you're making because you've made it in such a way. Now, a, a group of people might... And, you know, if that if that's if, – again, if that's what you want, that's completely fine. Like there's no – I don't think there's any way to do it or, or you know, yeah. some people really do believe – I mean that's the thing about art is that it's so interpretation like what it even means. Like maybe some people is like, well, art is about subverting power. Mm-hmm. So if you're not subverting power, then the problem is if you get more popular, then you attain some power, power just yeah. innately. And so do you then – so it's almost kind of funny to see people – then I feel like start subverting themselves because they feel like, well, now I'm the p-. even if they don't realize they're doing it, because there's so much in the mindset of subverting power. And I feel like the punk mentality is almost the artistic equivalent of like an athletics career where it's like you get a short span. See, I don't know if I agree with that though, because I think Well, hear me out, Kyle. Okay. <laughs> because you only get a handful of years to be rebellious. Do you know what I mean? And at a certain point, if you get comfortable, you know, it's like it's like watching punk people. Get uh, popular or famous? It just it just burns out faster because it's all built on subversion and 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 rebellion. And at a certain point, you just don't yeah. rebel anymore.
4: Or like, and I mean, this might be, and I definitely want to hear your you, side then of then this. Yeah. Please. Oh, please! But please. I want like it's that it's that moment where like you think like you see like like the like a punk kind of especially like all of a sudden you see like a forty-five year old punk like with a mohawk and with the the you know the shit in the jeans and whatever, and it's like. You never found anything better to do?
3: <laughs>
4: like, you just never? Like, nothing came up? How is that possible that nothing came up? But anyway, so to your
3: well, point. Well, my thought process is, I think it, the, the only problem with that is it's under the premise that, like, people are making things with the idea of trying to find the widest audience possible with what they're doing. So, like, you have a band, like, like I'm just going to throw two examples out. Mm-hmm. Like, a band like Social Stortion. Are you guys familiar with that? Of them? course. You know, yeah. Mike Ness. Great band, start off real punk and rebellious. Now they're basically dad rock,
2: and there's nothing wrong yeah. with that.
3: But it's definitely, and that's a guy who's still wearing eyeliner and dumb hats. But if, and this but, is a band I have tattooed on my skin, so I can make fun. But of But if them. your
2: artistic expression is essentially like you're expressing is, your your where you're at, yes, like it's basically all your art is a snapshot of emotionally where you at at where you're at at the time that you made it. So for Social D, like they uh, they just. Like they got older as a human being. Yeah. So their art, like their art's gonna reflect and, and that. And it's gonna reflect
3: that on the and but that that is an artistic sort of choice and it's not things dictating that's where it's going. Like Mike Ness is like, Now I got kids and I coach baseball and wanna do that. On the flip side I can think of of comparatively there's a man called Shushu. Uh, who I adore And it's a two-piece band Who have made probably 20 records They make a good living They independently release all their stuff It's sort of this collaborative group They make maybe the most off-putting music yeah. I've ever heard <laughs> They're so great at what they do And like, I pay to see them when they come through I buy their records when they go And it's not like they're trying to like Alright, this next one we're going to have Like the geodesic drum mach- You know, g- hanging from the ceiling Like they have found a business You know, it's like selling Italian leather shoes you're not going to sell as many, but you're making a product for people who want that thing, and you're never like, oh, I wish I could just turn these into air. No, Jordan. I yeah.
2: completely understand. So I feel like it's
3: our uh, intent. A lot of people take that mindset of that, like it's it's well, what happens if you get really big? It's like, well, maybe I just want to be able to have enough to support myself doing something. Yeah, and that's and again, that is completely fine. And- but but I would argue that Shushu shoo are punk as fuck. And, like, social distortion are also punk, but, like, one is holding to a different ideal than the other. But, like, so – but Shushu's also not trying to, like, rebel. They're just trying to, like, do something different.
2: Yeah. I think ultimately it comes down to um, are you are you happy with what you're doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, to me, what matters. But I But I also know that there are people that feel that, you know, well – no, you should never be comfortable. You should never be happy. You always have to you know, this this comes from art comes from the discordant uh relationship that you have to the world and that's where and I just and think we, it's, it's like everyone has their own idea. And Sometimes it's just
4: like stop like those people. Like I feel like we've parts of that are okay. Like you have to keep a fire, you have to keep some level of discord that isn't self-destructive, because when pe- like when you meet like one of those people that is like it, it just seems like Stop looking inside your own asshole Like you are just Like you've like Wrapped around the navel <laughs> But that's and my
3: just art looking... it's, it's the
2: inside of my own <laughs> asshole Well to me it.
3: what's worse is the person And every, especially in comedy Everybody knows the, the comedian Who's judgy of whatever you're doing Because it doesn't reflect their version Of right, what right. comedy is Especially in stand-up Like I know so many guys Who are just cross-armed going like Oh look what you're doing over there With your thing And just sure, like, Fuck you And like, it's, fuck, it's, yeah. also,
2: it's also the comics who And those people never succeed Because they can't get out of their own way. Well, it's it's also the ones who
4: um, when they do succeed you hate them even yeah, fucking more. Just, and
3: they're and they're more miserable cuz yeah. because them succeeding doesn't ruin your day the way your success ruins their day so they can't
2: enjoy yeah. it. Well, you know you know the it's the it's the guy it's a guy who gets on stage and he's he's really trying to push the audience like he's really trying to be super edgy and the audience isn't laughing and he's like, "Oh, I guess you just can't handle edgy." It's like, <laughs> "You haven't said anything funny. Like you're just no. It's not. It's not that we don't get you. No, no. we
4: get it. Yeah, we see. (laughs) We get 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 the picture. It's just not. And basically, all we're getting is that you are really hard to be around. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Here's one. Now maybe there's an audience for that, and that's fine. Yeah. And like you said, it's a niche culture, so yeah. you know, like everyone has an audience for something, and and the platforms are ubiquitous. So it's you know, if, if you want to be that person, great, make that thing. Just don't complain. If yes, you, if yeah. it's that's not, the exact you know, thing. Yeah. Don't complain.
4: I was going to say this is a little bit of a side shoot, only because we talked about the Kardashians earlier, and I just watched that video of Amy uh, shoot Amy Schumer uh, doing a thing where she like tripped in front of Kanye and uh she was on the red carpet at Time 100 like the Time 100 Time Magazine 100 most influential people. She tripped in front of Kanye and Kim Kardashian on the red carpet intentionally like you know to sort of like it's still so, and it's really funny. Uh but there was that part of me that watched Kanye and Kim Kardashian sort of walk away. And Kim Kardashian smiled, Kanye didn't. He doesn't seem to be much of a smiler. But there was that part of me that in that first moment did either of them think Oh, what shameless self-promotion! Like would they be so? Would they be so clueless? Like what an attention like, hog! That was my first thought that they that must have flashed in their head, and I'm just hoping that when it did, they were like, "Oh right,
2: I that's all I have." Now again, I don't know either of them. Maybe they no. do have that mechanism in their brain. Yeah. I would put money on the fact that they do not have that mechanism yeah. in their brain. Um, <laughs> there's a level of awareness there. I don't think there's a lot of, Oh, right. Like yeah. I, I, just don't, it doesn't seem to me based on the choices that I've seen them make that, that is there. But, uh, yeah. but again, I, I don't know them. So I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's the case, but fucking love Amy Schumer so for that. So this is real fucked up. I actually
3: have to duck out a little early today for a sell meeting that I'm what? going to. Nice.
2: Right <laughs> fucking sell-out. So, right? Slash the tires, Tim. <laughs> so.
3: uh, I don't, I don't know which car plan. is yours, so I'm just going to
4: slash all those fucking tires that's on the way out.
2: Plan all along. <laughs> oh, shit. He's riding a bike. He's riding your old prostitute bike. I'll
3: catch you guys later. What's your sell right. meeting? Uh, I'm meeting with a film director about advice about a thing I am directing.
2: Well, that's not that sell outy. What are you talking
3: about? Yeah, but the band might actually get the video seen. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I, it's I only... mean, I did struggle with this. Simple. I'm like, like, I'm making this thing because it's going to get seen by people unlike the other stuff I've worked on. Is that sell because it's going to find an audience? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making this thing so I can make another
4: <laughs> like thing. Like if you ever, it. like if you direct something and it gets more than 10 views on YouTube, oh, you just I delete it. You delete it. Attack. Like, fuck My that. My record no started higher.
3: selling and I didn't know how to process it last year. I was like, oh, no people are buying it what do i do and then ne- it
2: gets deleted and the next video is just kyle smoking to like doing a vlog <laughs> like guys what the fuck doing? is wrong with you people you're ruining the thing that i'm trying to oh. not build there are people who i work with who were like
3: oh he can't say that now kyle's gonna want to make that video
2: <laughs> uh, well i i hope cool. you have fun today with your uh, thank you slash commercial I'm struggles a, i'm terrified so thank you and this was cool. lovely all right kyle get Bye, out guys. see you later man
4: uh have you ever, off of that, have you, I I brought this up uh, in an interview the other day. It was sort of an God. offshoot. Um, that idea of like, uh, have you ever, I don't know if you've, maybe there are two things here. This is just me stuttering a Please. bunch of times on a podcast. Um, do you possess that thing in your brain that like, I don't maybe I don't know if I should call people out by name but like there are certain sports casters that are will do this. Oh wait, fuck. I'll call this person out by name like Rush Limbaugh. Like he does this that idea of like I'm just going to say an awful thing not because I truly believe it in my heart but it it creates conflict and attention and brand recognition. Uh, do you like I sometimes I wish I possessed that thing.
2: No, you don't want that thing. That I because, don't I know I don't. That's a um, you know that's um uh, that's an that's an old radio trick. Is that like, that's, that's, that's old... like Tom Lycus, you know? okay. Like that's those there, there are people who you know. There was a guy that used to um, come to UCLA when I was in college, and he would stand up in the main quad, and he would start saying really awful things. He would he would talk about like women don't belong in the workplace; they belong in the home. What are you doing here? And he would make racial comments and like not like, and not like he wasn't dropping N bombs, uh-huh. but he was you know he would. He would say all of these things that you know particularly in college, where people have discovered the height of their like you can't say that yeah um he he said a lot of really awful things, and it would these crowds would come around him, and people would get really mad and uh the thing that I found out about this guy later is that he was and maybe this is just a uh, what they call a retcon, where, where you're basically like r- retroactively uh, writing a story to make that story make sense. Okay. But what I had heard was that um, he was a sociology professor, and it was his way of coming to get students to talk about important issues by taking the opposite side and force them to care about something so that they would have conversations with themselves. Um, I don't know if his intentions were that altruistic, and I certainly don't recommend that as a tactic, <laughs> yeah, but um that, I mean the, the
4: I, that's e- dangerous the, for sure s-
2: yeah it was I'm surprised he didn't get the shit kicked out of him, but the evil side of it is this sort of radio tactic of you know uh saying something you know really really horrible uh, just to engage people because you know. That stuff like that engages people more than friendly things. Yeah. I personally don't like that tactic because my desire for people to feel good and supportive is stronger to feel good and supported is stronger than my desire to try to whip them into a frenzy so that I can get attention. Like yeah. I don't And if that means that I will be less successful then so be it, but yeah. I'm not going to be the I know exactly what you're talking about and I'm I, that's just not my tactic because I don't I don't want to inspire people through negativity. Yeah. I don't want that to be the tool. I want to. I want them to be happy through positive means. And you know, unfortunately, people respond hotter and quicker and more engaged to, ne- to negative to negative things. But that's just not my yeah. Uh, but that is it. That is it. That's a, that's, a, that's a
4: trick. That's an old trick. Yeah. Okay, I've seen it recently, and there is that part of me where it's like, and I, I don't know. Maybe that's like I don't want people that are listening to this that maybe this is their first experience with me. I don't really want to go out there and say like like negative awful things but there is that part like at some like there are like those bad days where you're like where are uh, those bad days where you're just like in that way of like you're still trying to move your whole thing like you want people that you know because like we're in this business hopefully so that people will understand like want to see you perform in something sure. and, like just trying to like just trying to like get a, it sounds so lame, but just like get your name out there or whatever. And there's days, it's like, god damn, man, like this is a hard fucking business. And if it was made easier by just like going out and saying some dumb thing, and then you're more famous, and like there's no repercussions, where it doesn't seem to be that there are.
2: Well, there are sometimes there, like selfishly. Just, there are there are there they're just a little more long term. Like the more of a douchebag you are the less and less ultimately people want to work with you. Yeah. And even if there's a brief period where it's like that person's got some heat. Yeah. <laughs> the second that cools off there, there people will not want nothing to do with you. And then what happens is these people are in a, I mean, shock value is basically, it's like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a natural resource. It's a, it's and it and there's a finite amount of them. And it's like, it's like, you know, uh, uh, it's like a law, lo- it's like logging sooner or later, you're going to run <laughs> out of trees. Yeah. And so people, what people have to do when they use shock is their primary, um, uh, mechanism is that the next time they have to do something more shocking. And then the next time they have to do something more shocking. And then there is a ceiling to what is acceptable yeah. before you are just in prison. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, and then it is, and if you, and, and if you don't up the game each time, then people are just like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're misbehaving. Great. And I think that's one of the reasons why I mean, I know, you know, Kanye was number one on that li the Time magazine list, but but people are already starting to you know, people are well into like, I I get it. You yeah. know, like you're I get it.
4: He was uh Matt Walsh and I spoke on a panel in the Cannes Lion, like the in uh like the advertising awards mm-hmm. in uh in Cannes France last summer. And I think like, and so we were on a panel with James Carville talking about politics and sort of like it was supposed to be this thing of like um sort of that the the crossover between our show and real politics is sort of uh, is is way too close for comfort, <laughs> that sort of idea and it turns out that Kanye, I think was on a panel earlier in the week, and um and the first thing he did. As the story goes, is get out there and be like, I'm not going to spend this entire panel telling you what a genius I am. <laughs> and he spent the entire panel telling them why he's a genius. Yeah. And I say that, but like, honestly, like the dude's good at what he does, you know? And when he gets mad at a paparazzi, I'm like, man, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, but it's just that he, it's, When you say a lot of those things before anyone asks you, (laughs) you're too aware of it. You know what I mean? Like it's too, it's too concocted. It's too, you just you can't you can't be that far out in front of yourself. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the. I to me, that's where it's like, oh yeah, I mean, you know, he's he knows what he's doing, and it's a formula, and you know, I just think with each stunt, with each attention getting stunt, it's. Yeah, because you know, like the um, the the last Beyonce thing. I mean, he didn't. Uh, do, do do you think Beyonce and Jay Z honestly felt great about him yeah. doing that? Yeah. You know, like, would you want? Would you want someone d- with your wife being no. like? I don't know. I think you would sort of feel like, I mean, I think we have our relationship well under control and you don't, no one needs you to, to white knight us. Yeah. You like, you don't need to get up there on our behalf. We're capable adults. We're
4: we're Beyonce and Jay Z. Like things are going just fine. We
2: know how to handle our own affairs. Who the fuck are you to, you know? And so then from that point of view, you go, Oh, well it's because he wants attention for himself because if he didn't, you know, it's like, it's like whenever, you know, with, with him and, you know, someone said, um, well, he turns down, you know, like he gets nominated for stuff and, you know, he, if he wins, like he would be happy to give his award to someone else. Like, it, it doesn't matter. He's already gotten the attention. Yeah. If it was really about not taking the spotlight on himself, he would have bowed out of the nomination and gotten zero attention. Yeah. But it's so clear that the pathology is that he needs that much attention. And I think at a certain point when people kind of recognize that's the mechanism, I mean, as performers, we all want a degree of attention because that's how we keep performing. But when when that seems to be your your the, the most important thing, then it just feels empty, and it just yeah. sort of feels like you don't even care about the art of what you're doing. You just want people to praise you, and that's. That's a that's a, a lame pursuit.
4: To that end, I do appreciate you guys cutting out the part at the beginning of the podcast where I just stated I'm a genius yeah. and I'm really looking forward to this podcast because I will do it incredibly well. We didn't well.
2: want to cut it out, but Katie hadn't started recording Oh, yet, thank so we you. missed Oh, yeah, thank god. Yeah, we really we really That would have
4: come back to bite me.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that the Fraud Council would have been uh, the, fraud <laughs> the council, IRL Fraud, the fraud Council. council. <laughs> I mean, I really do think it'd be funny if there was, you know, a group that dressed in in like lab coats, like black and, lab coats, not like made from a black lab, like a black. <laughs> <laughs> not, don't murder a dog. I mean, just like black laboratory coats that would go around and, and just and like like uh, your fame, your fame has exceeded your talent and we would like for you to take a step away. <laughs>
4: I would
3: fucking love that.
2: Like, even just as an art, as an art experiment, that would be fucking amazing. I, you know, I say that now, but then someone would fucking do it so, to me yeah, and I'd be like, God like, damn it,
3: it <laughs> bit me in the ass
4: the
2: first. <laughs> First call, first day is Chris Hardwick.
4: Yeah. No, 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 no. Shut down the, shut down the fraud council.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, the fraud council is much bigger than you now. Your weird little art project has now gained consciousness. <laughs>
4: We're now federally funded.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's, you know, but, but again, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know what happens to the human brain when it achieves that much fame yeah and that much success i mean i don't know
4: there has to be something like even when it comes to like that idea of like cell phones like when you get like a like social media stuff and like maybe this is just so ingrained and and it's not true but that idea that like if somebody likes your photo on instagram like you actually get a hit of dopamine like that idea at some point does your like when you get that famous and you have received that much attention? Does your actual brain chemistry change? I would like, does, bet that it has it to. It has to. It has to
2: because because we're an adaptive species. Mm-hmm. So it would have it would have to it would have to settle at a new benchmark. Yeah, for what is an acceptable level? I mean, you know, I, and listen, I am way not above that stuff. Like if I post something on Instagram and people like it, I'm like, oh, yay!
4: My, oh my god! You
2: know, and you you know that when you like, for instance when uh, when i first started nerdist as a blog um you know we would get we i say we it was just me for the first you know year and a half um but it would uh when i'd post something you know it would get 30 to 75 visitors a day. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, that's neat. And then a website called Lifehacker linked to one of my articles. And in one day I got a spike and 1,100 people came. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> now, if 1,100 people came to the site and that was it, uh, we wouldn't be invisible. Right. <laughs> like we right, wouldn't right. be able to sustain. So the benchmarks definitely change. And, and I absolutely, there's no way that that doesn't, that doesn't there's, happen. It's
4: got to like, you just like you, you wake up, your eyes pop open in the morning from rest and you are just used to it. Your brain is just operating differently than it was
2: 15 but, years but, before. But, but you know, the fame, fame, the fame drug. I mean, it, it's, I'm sure it's addictive. I'm sure it's completely addictive. And then that goes all the way back to like
4: the first thing we were talking about. Like, Julia somehow, like all that stuff that we're saying, like does not apply, like in the bad ways, like in the bad ways, like the like that idea of like just her, like still working hard. She does
2: not have to work hard, but she fucking works incredibly hard. And I think that ultimately comes down to when, and maybe this is what art is when you give a fuck about what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you work hard on it and it's important to you and. You know, not that you don't take anything else into consideration. I mean, obviously, she must know that for her to continue doing what she's doing, that like there has to be a certain amount of attention around it, so she can continue to make shows. But instead of, I I think it's, I think it's what you're motivated by. If you are chasing fame and attention, that is an empty pursuit. If if it is a byproduct of the fact that you are chasing, the how deep you will dig to make a quality of work that Mm -hmm. is you know, uh, of a high caliber to you that you're proud of. That's, those are different. I mean, the result might be the, the the ultimate result outwardly might be the same, but the internal result I think is much different. Like she, you know, if you're always pursuing quality work, that's, that is much more in your control than whether or not throngs of people are going to tell you you're a genius. Yeah. Yeah. And you should not chase that. We fucking solved art on this thing today. I
4: love that. We really, we really fucking solved art. I'm we, sure
2: the comment threads will disagree
4: <laughs> <laughs> and tell us nine ways. There is that Twitter feed. Uh, uh, I think it was just called "Don't read the comment section." Yeah. And I remember one somebody like I think uh, I, I I don't know why I remember this specifically, but I think Matt Jones uh, ret- oh, yeah. retweeted it, and I saw this, and it just said nobody that you have ever admired or respected would read the comment section <laughs> <laughs> and i really took that to heart so if the comment section on this says that we didn't solve art i will never know
2: it's my it'll be on my site so i, I have, have to, to kind of you have to get it. in there yeah. you have to patrol i do i do control oh, That it. sucks and, and so how has you know in the sort of few minutes we have left how has that felt for you to go from you know not having a lot of people know who you are to having a lot of people know who you are and then all of a sudden being a part of a conversation like you know T- talking dead has a lot, of, a lot of people on that show yeah. people a lot of people watch veep a lot of people like you're you're popping up on a lot of things in front of a lot of eyes
4: you know one thing and one thing that has changed is like that sort of like fun like coming up like I grew in I, I worked in a I grew up working in a video store like that sort of thing and I I was like definitely one of those people that was like an armchair quarterback about films and armchair quarterback about music and I think s- film and television specifically I'm I'm much less apt to be like oh this movie sucked because of this and they fucked this up or whatever like that I kind of did or like oh this was garbage uh, because. And I think uh, because I think number one, like any film that ever gets made, it's a fucking miracle. It's a <laughs> it is. miracle. Like it whatever really is. you're making fun of, Paul Blart, that movie was a fucking miracle, right? Because somebody gave it money. They hired actors. They got an entire crew of two hundred or three hundred people to all show up in one place and do that sort of chaos. And create all to create that, and it still made twenty
2: five million in opening weekend with zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes, and so yeah, like,
4: and I feel like one of the things that's changed to like sort of related to that was like, like on Twitter or whatever, I I might have said in the past or on Facebook, I might have said like, oh this, this show sucked, or I hate this actor, or this person's garbage, or whatever. Like, and since being somewhat on the other side of it and seeing people just like when I was on talking dead, like there would like, that's a show with a lot of eyeballs and a lot of like really hardcore fans. There were like some people that was, that were just like, this guy fucking sucks, you know, like, and in that realm of wanting to, uh, wanting to create from the positive side and not from the negative, I'm like, I don't want to put that out anymore. Like, I just don't want to be the person that puts that shit out. Yeah. You know, like I definitely throw some negative things out there when it's like, you know, maybe, and usually more politic, more political, I'll throw negative stuff out there, but I try not to, but, um, but yeah, like that's been like one major thing. is like that, that idea of like really being clear about what I'm putting out in the world and like Sometimes I'll read like somebody'll just like at me and be like you fucking look like a melted Ashton Kutcher with something I got the other day and I was like and I'm just in my kitchen and I had dropped my kids off at daycare and then I was there I was like making breakfast like fuck me I look like a melted Ashton Kutcher like I I mean like it doesn't actually affect it but like you just have to ignore that right like so like there was that human moment of me being like god damn yeah i mean i know i look weird but get off my fucking tits man so i don't put that Why shit do you out have there tits? Uh, was that I'm part of the melting process was that- <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> when they put
4: me in the fucking toaster oven to melt my ashton kutcher mold uh, they drooped a little bit it, yeah i so like i am very uh cautious about that and You know, I mean, like nobody's fucking no paparazzi ever takes a picture of me. And if they I mean, I I literally in London, when we were out there filming an episode one time, I saw uh, Lady Gaga was staying at the same hotel that we were in while we were shooting there. There was like there were uh, at least 100 paparazzi, a paparazzo outside of our door every single day. And I was standing there one time because Lady Gaga was about to come out. and I wanted to see the craziness. And I saw this one guy like, like, look at me. Lean over to his buddy, like elbow him, and be kind. Of, and it was clear he was being like, "Oh, hey, is that that guy from that fucking show that's on in the states that Armando does?" And his buddy looked up, and he looked at me, and like, then he looked back at his buddy and, and nodded his head like, "Yes, that is him." And then neither of them did anything. Oh, that's great. They,
2: no. not, you know, it's so it's great because you don't you know. It's uh, as um, as uh, as melted Aaron Paul.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not you know i mean the the paparazzi thing is uh it's it's way more of a curse than it is a bless then yeah. i mean i know you know for a certain for a certain stratum of the entertainment business it's like oh well if you're in those magazines mm-hmm. then that helps you maintain the certain level that you yeah. can operate at so you can fill stadiums, so you can keep m- getting uh-huh. your message out so you can keep doing like it's that the but, um, you know, we produced this Marvel movie marathon at the El Capitan for the last couple days, and it's right next to where Jimmy Kimmel shoots. And I, you know, I came out of the backstage from the El Cap to go to dinner, and there was a ton of paparazzi out there that I guess were waiting for Courtney Cox to come out mm-hmm. of the backstage door. And they looked at me, and they didn't really, you know, it was like they had no interest whatsoever. And And I honestly... I felt really uh, good about that because it fucking sucks to feel like you at all times have to be like, look, you're on camera. These it's, it's people just like just being nipped at, you know, just yeah. like just nipped at. Like, like, can
4: you imagine having to like, I still don't like I still will fucking just be like, oh, fuck, I got to go to the store and it's early. I'm just putting on shorts and I'm wearing like, like leather slippers and basketball shorts. Look like, look a fucking nightmare. Can you imagine never being able to do that? Never being able to just be like, I'm just fucking wearing some bullshit. Without ending like, up in bananas. a bunch of tablets. Without like, putting like the fucking meltdown. Shorts fail. Shorts fail.
2: Yeah, meltdown from no. melted. It's a you have to embrace that. You have to, man. I I like I
4: just did an interview with the. Uh, we're doing like a lot of press for the show and everything, and I did an interview with uh, the AV Club, and they asked me which celebrities I get compared to most, and I think one of the only ones like I came up with a couple that were like that were I felt like a little bit too flattering. And I was like, yeah, I've heard him, but this feels weird that I would say it. So, like, there is, like, well, Sam the Eagle from The Muppets. Like, I get that one, too. Like, that's that's for real. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a lot of people are like Brad Pitt, but I don't see it. I I don't see it. A lot of people. I don't see it. A lot of people are. He's like, got.
4: He's got way less soul in his eyes than I do. Yeah, a
2: lot of people are like you and McGregor, and I'm like, oh, "What? All right. I mean, I guess.
4: I mean, I guess I'll I don't take know. it.
2: I mean, I don't see it, but a lot of people are like, <laughs> it's the. This sort of uh, this that I don't know what kind of I mean it's not really humble but I guess it's maybe it's humble brag it's
4: like a little humble braggy that's yeah. why I was like God damn it like just always go with the the unflattering one um, <laughs> I like that we've created like a little melted celebrity look alike contest yeah
2: I feel like you know if, if one good thing that could happen in the comment threads of this podcast is people uh, giving us more melted celebrity yeah look-alikes. like which
4: melted celebrity which are you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really feel like that should
2: be a thing going on. All right, <laughs> great. So thanks, Twitter troll, for that one. Yeah, and then but one of them, the, like one melted celebrity, is going to be the German guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark who looked into the ark. <laughs> like he's a literal melted celebrity. <laughs> have that guy on just for like, that one question, and then kick
4: him out. A lot of people say <laughs> that uh, I uh, I look like the guy from I Raiders like of the, the Lost letter, Ark, and I am, but I look like a but I have a family. <laughs> And a beautiful career stretching afterwards.
2: They have a family of candles. (laughs) Like he just married a candle. uh, (laughs) We've solved a lot today, Timothy. We've solved a lot today. And I'm so glad that you were on. Do you want to? Veep is is available now. Do you want to promote anything specifically?
4: Uh, Yeah, sure. Um, Do it. I mean, I guess, yeah, Veep. We're on at 10.30 on Friday, uh, Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> We're on at 10.30 on Sundays. Uh, you're, you'll be watching Game of Thrones. You'll be watching Silicon Valley stay in the same chair. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I don't know, shit, what else can I pimp? Oh, okay, i in mean, Goosebumps later on this year. <laughs>
2: goosebumps.
4: Goosebumps. Yep. I really hope they gave her a part in that movie. I think I asked around. I don't know if they did, but they should.
2: No, I don't know if they, I doubt it. It's di- uh, if you go on to knowyourmeme.com mm-hmm. there're some speculations as to who she actually is like mm-hmm. some people's like oh someone said oh this is my a friend of mine and here's a picture of her now but it's still it's a little unclear and uh, you know we I, I made a I made a, a video about Gerzberms, and so and we got RL Stein to be in it And he he was skeptical at first because he thought that everyone was just making fun of some poor girl and not like, oh, she's kind of doing a character and she's being silly. And, you know, and then he was like, "Mm." hmm. And he was like, oh, he's a really sweet guy. But I, I don't think he was really on board the Gersberms train. Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't know if that's... Then probably not. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be in, there, um, in there. But
4: that looks like it's going to be really fun. Like, I saw, like, a couple clips. It looks like it's going to be really fucking and fun. And you
2: were you were also great on that Melted 70s show. And oh, my God, and a yeah. <laughs> God,
4: and I just got melted married to... Uh,
2: <laughs> and we have a melted have child a melted now.
3: <laughs> there's
2: almost... No, you know, a lot, of, there's there's a lot almost, of great
4: stuff is going on in my life right now, guys, in my melted life.
2: There's almost... There's almost no context where you could say melted child and have it be an okay (laughs) okay thing. (laughs) Well, that's the end. Enjoy your melted burrito, everyone.
3: Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.